0: As I was reflecting on today's text from Acts and Jesus' statement, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Even though it was a statement, I heard Jesus asking us a question. Can I get a witness? Will you be my witness in your backyard throughout your region, to your enemy, to the ends of the earth, wherever you go, to whoever you meet, will you allow them to see me in you? Of course, that sounds different from Jesus' statement, doesn't it? But when we look at when Jesus was speaking, to whom he was speaking, and where, it's actually a pretty good translation of what Jesus was intending for his disciples to do. Because Jerusalem was their backyard, their hometown. Judea was their region that they lived in, their homeland. Samaria represented people they couldn't stand. People they didn't think were worthy of their time or God's time. The ends of the earth, everywhere his disciples were sent. Jesus asked them, actually commanded them, be my witness. Testify with your words and your actions who you know me to be. To these four places we are called. So what does it mean to be Christ's witness in these four places? The first place, Jesus says, can I get a witness is to Jerusalem, our backyard, our homes, our schools, our places of work, our church, the places we go every day, the people we see. Because the thing is, if we don't care about what's happening in our own backyard, are we actually going to care about what's happening anywhere else in the world? We're not. We have to care about what is happening right here. We have to care about the fact that there are hungry people in our own backyard that there are people in our own backyard who are so sad and feel so alone. We have to acknowledge that in our own backyard are people who don't know the life-changing love and grace of Jesus Christ. Did you know that within a two-mile radius of our physical church building, 56% of people in two miles of us are not connected to any type of faith community. That has to matter to us. It has to matter to us that there are people who are hurting in our own backyard. And that's why Jesus first says that he calls us to be a witness where we live. And we can do this some do it by getting involved with MADCAP, fighting to eradicate poverty in our county. Some do it by going and tutoring at the schools or fighting for our schools. Some do this by inviting people to church because as the video we, we watched saw, showed is that inviting one person to church Inviting one person to come and to be a part of a faith community can have a ripple effect that can change their life and everyone else's life and they encounter. Because if we want to make someone's life better, we introduce them to the one who's made our life better. The only one who can change the world. We also can reach out in our backyard. We can witness in our backyard by visiting those who are in the hospital. Those who are stuck in their homes. Those who have recently lost loved ones. Or those who are waiting. Waiting. Until that time. When they do lose them. We can be a witness to all these people to remind them that they are not alone. The second place, Jesus says, can I get a witness? Is to Judea, our region, our state, the southeast, our country, and to the people who also call the same place home. This is the second place we are called. And the easiest thing we can do this week, get up early Thursday morning and come to church for 6.45 a.m. Because we as a church community are going to come together and to pray for our country. And then eat some food. But we're going to come and we're going to intentionally pray our country, its peoples, and its leaders, because we know that that's important. This summer, many of our youth are going to South Dakota to serve people who live on Native American reservation, whom they will probably never see again, and they're giving up their summer to do that. In the fall, many of our adults are going to a place in the Mississippi Delta to be Christ's hands and feet there. And all adults in the church are going to be invited to go, whether it's for the whole week or just a day, to take part in being a witness in other parts of our state, in our region. Or if you can't go, you can help support this witness by being present for the family members of those who have gone, or by helping to financially support, if possible, those adults or youth, because you are saying with that, this witness is important, and I am going to support it even though I can't go. Throughout the year, our church partners with Forest Trinity Mission, a Hispanic church who we show love to throughout the year. People not far away, but a little further than our own backyard. And come December, this church body reaches into our backyard and to our region by making Christmas happen for around 80 families every year. There's always a way to be a witness, to reach out, to go out. The question for us is how are we going to involve ourselves? How are we going to choose to be a witness in our region? The third place that Jesus says, Can I get a witness? Is to Samaria to the people we call our enemies, to the people we cannot stand. And this is probably the hardest place for us to go. Jews didn't think much of those from Samaria. They didn't think that they were worthy. They didn't think that they were, sometimes I'm not even sure if they viewed them as human. But right before Jesus ascended into heaven, it was to these people that he called his disciples to be a witness to. And that's hard because in our world, we are told to draw a line in the sand. We are told to hold a grudge. We are told that it's okay to think that some people aren't worth our time. We're told it's okay to have an enemy. But we have to remember that Jesus specifically calls us to be his witness to these people who make us so angry. And it is hard when the Lord's prayer is the line, forgive us as we forgive others. Our forgiveness hinging on whether or not we've forgiven someone else. So perhaps Jesus calling us to Samaria is as much for us as it is for them. So in terms of being a witness to those who just make it hard for us to deal with, can we pray for them? Can we pray not just for that tension to be resolved, but we can, can we actually pray for God to bless those people that we don't like? Can we look for ways to have Jesus in that conversation, in that place of tension? Can we ask ourselves the question, where is Jesus in this? And how can I be a witness to this person? It's the hardest place. The fourth place that Jesus says, can I get a witness to the ends of the earth. That's really big. And we're not going to cover the ends of the earth by ourselves. But if all believers serve as witnesses, we will cover the ends of the earth. But for us, the real question Jesus is asking is will you, wherever you go, whoever you meet, will you allow them to know that you belong to me through your words and your actions? And it's exhausting to think about because it's every day, every place, every person. It's exhausting emotionally, physically, mentally to think about that. To think about the vastness of it. Because when we look at what Jesus calls us to do in Acts, as just Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, those are places over there. But when we think about them as our backyard, our region, our enemy, where we go, it's right here. And that's where Jesus has called us. Every day. Every place, our whole being, our whole life. Who are we to do this? Because we know our weaknesses. We know our failures. We know we are going to screw up. Who are we? How can we do this? I mean, how? In the passage from Ephesians that Rocky read for us, Paul writes out in those verses and the verses before it, a reminder of who we as believers are in Christ. The reminder that Jesus has proclaimed us to be holy, chosen, blameless, part of God's family, We're even called living saints. That is who our Savior has proclaimed us to be. And it's hard sometimes to separate ourselves or to remind ourselves who Christ has deemed us to be when we don't think so much of ourselves or when the world tells us That we aren't worthy of that. But we have to remember that who Christ has deemed us to be is what matters. Because when Jesus gave that commission in Acts before ascending to heaven. When he said, these are the places I am calling my disciples. He was saying, I trust you. I know that you can do this. And again, we can say, How can we do this? How can we, with our power, our knowledge, our limited abilities, do this? And in both passages read today, Jesus and Paul. Remind us that God has given us as believers the Holy Spirit to live this life. It is not our power, not our knowledge, to live a life worthy of being called Christ's witness? It is God's power, and it is God's power for us? But the hardest thing that we can sometimes do as believers is to claim that power, to trust that God has said, if when I call you, say yes, and I will give you the strength, I will give you the power, I will give you the wisdom. It is on us to trust, it is on us to be faithful, but God is saying, I'm ready to give you everything you need. The question is, will we accept Jesus's request for a witness in our backyards, in our region, to our enemies? To the ends of the earth, all the places we go, all the people we meet, to the hungry, to the scared, to the lost, to the lonely, to the mean. Can we hear Jesus saying to us, Can I get a witness? To show this world the truth that has come. What God has done for his beloved children. Jesus throughout his ministry loved to prove people wrong. If you didn't notice that in scripture... People often told him that people weren't worth his time, but he made the time. Or he was told that people were too sick or death had already come. Yet with Jesus, there was always life. Or he would be told there's too many people and too little food. But where Jesus was present, there's always enough. Jesus loved to prove people wrong. I think it's slightly a reminder for us that we are going to continually think that there's just not enough to make it happen, to be a witness, to show others who we know Jesus to be. But may we be encouraged that scripture always reminds us that that with Jesus, it's always going to happen. The question is whether or not we're going to trust ourselves to be his vessel, to be his witness. And just rest in the thankfulness of that. As I a meal stays before the cross that Jesus gathered with his disciples and he took a loaf of bread and he broke it. And he told them, I'm going to, to break my body for you so that you may know that despite the brokenness in your life and the brokenness in this world, that all things will be made whole, that God will find a way. And then he took a cup and he said, This is my blood, my love that I will pour out for all people throughout time, so that you may know that you are forgiven. That you are worthy. That you are called. It was after this meal that he was betrayed. And eventually, he was killed on a cross. And his disciples, they were scared. They didn't know what to do. But after three days their teacher rose from the dead to show them the power of God, the power that would be given to them through the Holy Spirit, the power available to us if we so choose to trust and to believe. In this meal, we are reminded of who we are in God's eyes. In this meal, we are given nourishment for the hard road ahead to be a witness in the places and to the people all around us. So Lord, pour out your spirit upon these gifts of bread and wine. May them be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we may be for the world the the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. That we may be his witnesses to Judea, to Jerusalem, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. For all people who we meet. Lord, remind us that we are called to show you to them. Make us one with this meal, Lord. Strengthen us for the road ahead. In your son's name, amen. As the servers come forward, those who are helping in the service, I just like to remind everyone that this is God's table. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church to come. You need only be willing and ready to encounter our risen Lord. When you come forward, you'll be given a piece of bread, the body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ broken for you. And then you will be invited to dip it In the cup. The blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. This is God's table. And we're invited to come and remember and to be strengthened. So come as you feel led, come and pray, or just return to your seats after. This is your time. The table is open when you're ready. The body of Christ broken for you. The body of Christ broken.